I'm Scott Paul, and this is the Manufacturing Report. We understand right now that, you know, hey, Aardvark has got an advantage out on the marketplace, and everybody is, of course, going to try to match what Aardvark is doing. So right now, we're really looking to the future, and we've got our straw 2.0 in development, in which we're looking at how do you make it last even longer? How do you give it a better lip feel in your mouth? We're looking to the next generation as well. If you've come across the viral video of a sea turtle found with a plastic straw lodged in his nostril, you, like many others across the country, may be rethinking whether you really need a straw for your drinks. Indeed, cities and states nationwide are banning plastic straws in an effort to reduce the nearly 400 million plastic straws used in America each day, too many of which find their way into our oceans. And international companies are following suit, including Starbucks, Disney, and American Airlines. Now, all of this is undoubtedly great news for our environment and those sea turtles. And it's the result of the ingenuity of American manufacturing. Today, we take a look at how Aardvark Straws, America's first paper straw maker, is leading the way from plastic to paper and dramatically increasing its production capacity to meet growing demand. And I know it's growing because I just saw an aardvark straw when I was out to dinner with my kids the other day. My conversation with Andy Ramju, the president of Hoffmaster Food Services, which acquired aardvark last year, next on the Manufacturing Report. Andy, thanks for joining the podcast today. Absolutely. Good morning. Good morning. So I am someone who grew up with plastic straws going to McDonald's often. They've been around for, you know, 50 years. Everywhere you go, you see them, and the consumption data on plastic straws is pretty extraordinary. Here, you all come along. You're trying to disrupt this incredibly well-established industry. What are the motivations for that? And then what do you see as the opportunities and some of the challenges as you move ahead? A lot of points to that question. I mean, I think in general, when you look at single-use plastics, which straws fall into, it's something that as a society, we need to move away from. We are filling up landfills and waterways with single-use plastics, and whether it's straws or lids or cups, we're starting to get the technology to do things in a better manner across a variety of, of different formats. So the number one reason to do it is to provide a better solution for the earth in regards to a solution for the drinking straw. So I have to believe that there's a reason why some of the big franchises would rely on plastic for this. And although, you know, we've seen some movement lately away from that and towards paper, that can't be an easy transformation. What are some of the challenges that both you face from a supplier perspective and what some of these big chains that have had this reliance for four or five decades face as well? Well, there's really two challenges that are out there. Number one is the end user experience. At the end of the day, the restaurants and bars and hotels, they're looking to provide a positive user experience. And from a straw standpoint, a plastic straw is a very positive user experience, right? I mean, I don't think anybody prior to the awareness being driven on the damage that it was doing to the environment was saying, oh, I don't like the way that this plastic straw lasts in my beverage. I don't like the way that it tastes. Those were just things that having grown up with plastic straws weren't really issues to us. So whether it's plastic straws or plastic takeout containers or what have you, 
the consumer has become used to that as the standard for their experience. So then when you start making changes, anytime you make a change, there's automatically pushback, even if the change is for a good reason. So paper straws, obviously they are made to biodegrade in water over time, and they're made out of paper, which will not hold up to liquids as well as a plastic does. So what we're seeing in the marketplace is there's been kind of a glut of import straws that are coming in that aren't quite as strong and are giving a bad user experience to those that are using paper. They're falling apart in people's beverages in 10 to 15 minutes where an aardvark straw will last several hours. So they're getting that bad user experience, which is a challenge because at the end of the day, if somebody makes a switch to a paper straw, but then the consumer experience isn't good, that could hurt them as well. So we need to make sure we're providing the best paper straw in the world, which is what Aardvark does. So the user experience is one piece of it. Then the other side of it really is the cost. It does cost more to manufacture and make a paper straw than it does to extrude a plastic straw. In the U.S. alone, it's roughly a billion dollars a year of plastic straws that are sold. If a paper straw is two times that to, to four times that, depending on what you end up going with, you know, then all of a sudden that market becomes two to four billion. And, you know, you are talking fractions of pennies in those comparisons, but they do add up over time. So really it, it comes down to user experience and cost being the two big things that are out there. Now on the cost side, what we are seeing is the awareness of waste in general comes up. You'll see those folks that switch to straws upon demand or those types of things, they see roughly a 40% decrease in straw usage. So you can start limiting the amount of spend and waste that you're creating just by doing straws upon request as opposed to just providing them, which can also then help cut down on the overall cost of making the switch. So clearly, Aardvark and Hoffmaster has put a fair amount into innovation here because the paper straw itself has a long history. In fact, it's my understanding that the company that eventually became Aardvark had been around since the 1880s. Talk to me about some of the challenges of taking this paper straw modality and adding the innovation that makes it a more user-friendly experience for folks. So Marvin Stone created the paper straw, as you mentioned, in the 1880s because he didn't like the way that a mint julep was tasting through his straw straw. And then really paper straws were the norm up until the 60s when plastics you know, really came into play. And throughout the 60s and 70s, the entire business shifted over from paper into plastic. And it took that long for everybody to make the switch. By the end of the 70s, everybody had converted over. Paper straws were, for all intents and purposes, gone from the earth for 20 or 30 years. And then in 2007-2008, PPG, which is the parent company of Aardvark, they did winding of small tubes, um, not necessarily for straws, but for electrical and medical equipment. They had somebody reach out to them as the Kind of in more of the party section, the craze had come on highly decorated paper straws, adding flavor and, and color into a party. So they started kind of playing around. And it took really two to three years of finding the right combination of papers, coatings, adhesives, and then the way it's all wound together in order to create the Aardvark straw. So they spent a few years really dialing in all those various components to create the straw. That was the time and innovation that it took there. We understand right now that, you know, hey, Aardvark has got an advantage out on the marketplace, and everybody is, of course, going to try to match what Aardvark is doing. So right now, we're really looking to the future, and we've got our straw 2.0 in development in which we're looking at how do you make it last even longer? How do you give it a better look, feel in your mouth? 
we're looking to the next generation as well. As you're looking ahead, I think it's worth noting that the paper straw, it seems to me, has moved from kind of a niche market into a mass market with a lot of the franchises and others moving away from the plastic. How has it been to manage that kind of growth? Because I imagine that stretched your production capacity just an incredible amount. Yes, it stretched the capacity and then caused a lot of frustration. So when we acquired Aardvark in August of last year, there was anywhere between nine and 12 months of backlog of orders. If we didn't take a single order with what we could produce at that time, it would have taken us almost a year just to work through those orders. So our first order of business was to start ramping up capacity. We moved facilities from a 30,000 square foot facility to over 110,000 square feet. We brought in equipment to do seven to eight times the amount of production and then have ramped up from a uh, human resource and employee standpoint from 30 employees to almost 200 over the last nine months. So whenever you're doing that, there's all sorts of challenges in making sure that you get the right equipment in, that you get the, you know, the proper training and all the safety aspects in place to make sure that you're the type of place that people want to work and can produce the high quality product that we've been known for. And you touched on something that I wanted to see if we could expand on a bit, which was you consciously have your production in the United States, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You had referenced, Andy, the fact that some people had had an unsatisfying paper straw experience because of these imports, and maybe they weren't well put together. But what do you find having that domestic production? What types of advantages does that give Aardvark Straws right now in this marketplace? The process that goes into making a straw is a bit of science and a bit of art. And the folks that had been doing it for years were in Fort Wayne. So we were very hesitant to move outside of a radius in which we wouldn't be able to get our employees that know the business, understand how to make it happen, coming into work. So we made the decision to expand in Fort Wayne because really our expertise base was there. And then when you talk about you know why versus other you know areas in the world, We feel that we've got a great workforce that's dedicated and takes a lot of pride in the quality of the products and want to make sure that we continue to have that in place. And then if you think about a straw, straw is paper with a bunch of air in it. And we start talking about shipping air large distances across oceans, it gets really expensive. So from a cost-based standpoint, we also feel that we've got a really good base by being close to where the demand is going to be. That makes a lot of sense. And I think there's a good rationale for a lot of manufacturers to keep their production stateside. And it sounds like you found one as well. One question about the future for you. You mentioned Straw 2.0, which is great because it is disruptive and it's new technology going into something that all of us, I think, take for granted. Talk to us a bit about that. And what are some of the hopes and aspirations you have for achieving even more scale as we move ahead with this? Yeah, so we're working with various coating paper manufacturers to develop a product in a paper that is specific to, you know, withstanding liquids, but still has all the compostability and biodegradable elements that we need to have to be healthy for the environment. We're working with three or four different companies from a paper standpoint and to several from an adhesive standpoint to come up with what is the next magic formula, if you will, in the secret sauce. As far as expanding our footprint, Hoffmaster as a company, we've got manufacturing facilities out on the East Coast that we could look to put additional straw winding assets in. We've got a couple of facilities in Canada 
that could help support the North American Canadian business. We're also going to be looking at expanding out onto the West Coast. We feel like we've got our heads around now the skill sets needed to make the products at the quality level that we want. And now we'll look at putting facilities where it makes the most sense. And then to that, we've also just acquired a company called the Paper Straw Company, which is based in Manchester, England, and are going to be transferring Aardvark technology to their facility as well. So we can start servicing the European market and then especially some of our big national chains that we have here that have a base footprint outside of North America. We can also be a supply opportunity for them overseas. Which makes perfect sense. Those plants are super exciting. So one last question for you, Andy, before I let you go. I think in today's age, when we're so kind of tech-focused, we hear a lot about disruptive apps to make the world a better place, and the Ubers and the Lyfts and the Facebooks, and they all have blemishes as well. I have to say, as someone who comes from the Midwest and who believes in manufacturing, I think this is a really cool story that you're actually making a product that is solving a social and environmental challenge that we have that impacts our oceans, our planet, our wildlife. And you're doing it creating jobs in the United States. And my hope is that other people have discovered this about, you know, I just wonder if you've ever been matched with any of these uh, tech moguls in Silicon Valley to say, well, actually, we're doing the real disrupting here. So I have not gone out to, to Google or Apple or any of those guys and pounded our chest, but we feel good about what we're doing and the direction we're heading and couldn't agree more with you that there's a lot of manufacturing and, and U.S. manufacturing that can take a look at challenges that we have in this world and, and provide solutions because tech can only get you so far. We still all as humans need stuff around us and, uh, it, and it's manufacturing that makes that stuff. Couldn't agree more. That's Andy Ramju, the president of Hoffmaster Food Services. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Andy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And that will do it for the Manufacturing Report this week. To learn more about Aardvark Straws, visit them online at aardvarkstraws.com. That's aardvarkstraws.com. You can also find Aardvark Straws for sale on Amazon and Party City. As always, I want to thank AAM staff for their great work to make this episode possible and for Kat Adams for producing it. And for you, the listeners, for engaging and giving us great episode ideas. You can find us online at AmericanManufacturing.org, on Facebook, or you can connect with us on Twitter at Keep It Made in USA. I'm Scott Paul, and until next time, together we can keep it made in America.